Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to discuss the horoscope for the month of October, and at the end of the horoscope, we will answer a few questions from you all that were submitted to me. I thought that this was such a fun idea. I've really loved getting to connect with you guys and hear what you're curious about, so at the end of this podcast, we'll take some time to answer two or three questions, and I am just brimming with excitement I first of all finished a ring I've been silversmithing and it came out really cool like I'm very new to this I've been silversmithing for like I should say metalsmithing because it's not just silver but I've been doing this for maybe a month and so I'm starting to create things that are a little bit more complicated (laughs) and I'm sure that those of you who are listening who are like seasoned at this are like um you know laughing to yourselves but I am excited about the progress and I get to go on a road trip tomorrow with my dog Madu, which I am really, really looking forward to. It's been a year since I adopted my dog and so he's been with me for an entire year and I think that it's going to be, we're not doing this for the anniversary, but it kind of is, I guess, turning into that, but we're going to meet, um, some friends in the mountains and they also have a dog who Madu loves so we're gonna hike around and spend some time with the dogs and I am really excited about it so that's what's happening for me I hope that you all are having really exciting things coming up and feeling grateful and again just having something that you're kind of looking forward to and maybe if there's not anything that's super super exciting that's coming up at least finding that gratitude for the beauty of your daily life and what's making it fulfilling and rewarding in this moment so let's go ahead and remind everyone that I study the Vedic sidereal system of astrology. So this is different than the Western tropical system. For example, we are going to talk about our introduction into Libra season, which is different than the Western system. If you would like to learn more about these two systems, go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on media and then astrology. Now I have a podcast embedded there that will share many of the differences between Western and Vedic. And you can also schedule a reading there. And if you're interested in the upcoming inner knowing Vedic coaching program, we are going to kick off on October 22nd. I am super, super excited about it. And you can register for the coaching program or at least, um, apply for the coaching program there. And so you and I will have a little conversation to see if it's right for you. I'll answer any questions that you have and yeah, we'll see if it's a good fit. So let's go ahead and talk about this October. So, you know, we spoke about on the Swati segment, on the segment where we discussed this transit of Swati and K2 and Swati, that this could bring about, um, world records being broken and so we did see that in the berlin marathon the world record was broken which i thought was really fun i was kind of waiting i was like okay what record is going to get broken and so it was really fun to see that super well deserved absolutely amazing and we've been talking about how this axis of aries and libra but particularly the asterism of barney which would also mean the asterism right across from Barney, has this relationship to women. And Saraswati, you know, is a goddess and she is associated to Swati. Swati has this kind of innate feminine energy to it in a way. And we've seen these women's rights issues really come 
to the surface, really around the world. But what I'm speaking about uh, specifically is in Iran right now. There, oh, there's this, there's a lot going on in Iran in regards to women and women's related issues, and I do certainly recommend looking into it if you haven't heard about it. It's a very big deal. Um, and I was just kind of watching this and thinking it is interesting because based off of the astrology, it makes sense. And Mars and Venus right now are two really important players because these are the karma control planets. Wherever Rahu and Ketu are placed, wherever they're transiting, the planet that rules that sign is a karma control planet. And so it's going to bring karmic matters to the surface. So Aries is ruled by Mars, Libra is ruled by Venus, and you know, Venus has moved into that point of debilitation. And so I think, and you know, Venus has so much to do with women and women's related issues. So this period of time, I do think is going to be significant for what we are seeing. And I also want to say moving into October, some of the highlights is that we're seeing a lot of planets go direct, (laughs) we're going to see Mars go retrograde, and we have an eclipse. And so we have two eclipses coming up between October and November. And eclipses, eclipses really will determine um, kind of where things go. They're almost like junction points in a way. And so whenever eclipse season comes up, we can really anticipate world events happening that are notable. And we can also anticipate events happening in our personal lives as well. And so this is a really important month to be mindful and to pay attention, especially to where Libra is placed in your birth chart. So wherever Libra is, that's where the eclipse is going to take place for October. And that's the area of life that, you know, things are going to be coming to the surface. And you want to look at this from your birth chart, but also from your moon chart. We do these transits from the ascendant and from the moon in Vedic astrology. This is very important. Keep in mind, I do these for you on my Patreon account, patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. I do weekly horoscopes. And whenever there's a full moon, new moon eclipse, I talk about where that's going to happen for each ascendant and what that may bring up. So keep that in mind too, if you um, want some guidance or assistance with that. And so this is a pretty significant month. And I do think in our lives, we're going to really kind of feel things come to a point of change and evolution and things may be coming to the surface as well. Eclipses will usually illuminate things, bring things to the surface, help us see things that we didn't see before. And it's usually a little bit after the eclipses. Okay, so keep that in mind. Eclipse season itself, when we're kind of in the thick of it, it can kind of fragment things and make us feel a little disoriented. After that, so really into November, we'll start feeling a little bit more clear. So this is a period to try to be very level-headed. Try not to make any impulsive decisions. Try to really be pragmatic, but also really follow your heart. And what is right for you moment to moment? Because sometimes we just need to make decisions. You know, it doesn't matter if something's retrograde. It doesn't matter if there's an eclipse. A decision needs to be made. And when these periods are happening and there is a lot of intensity, as things intensify, it's almost like our judgment gets clouded. You know, that connected, that connection to reason gets a little skewed. So this can be an opportunity if it's loud, if it's fast, you know, if things are happening in a way that's disorienting, come home to yourself, slow down, 
ask yourself what's best for yourself when you're not feeling fear, when you're not feeling anger, when you're not feeling anxiety, when the emotions aren't heightened, what is best for you in that place? Try to make decisions from that state of mind this month. Try to really keep that in mind. So moving into October, on October 2nd, Mercury is going to go direct. And so keep in mind, we have a shadow period. You'll probably feel a little Mercury retrograde until October 9th, but Mercury is going to direct on the 2nd. This is fantastic news for us in regards to communication, technology, travel, um, decision-making, signing contracts. Definitely, if you need to sign a contract, try to hold off until October 2nd or after if you can. And the best part about this, in my opinion, is that Mercury is going to do such a better job at supporting Venus at this period of time. Because Venus is debilitated, and if a debilitated planet is with an exalted planet, it cancels that debilitation. When a planet is retrograding, it makes things a little bit more complicated. So as Mercury goes direct, we're going to feel a lot of support for those Venusian things that we've discussed on the September podcast, right? We're going to feel more supported in love and well, it's a complicated month for love. Let's, <laughs> let's backtrack a little bit. We're going to feel a lot more supported when it comes to diplomacy and connection, art, expression. This first portion of the month, as planets are still in Virgo, this is a really great time to get our health together, right? Virgo is the sign of health. So focusing on our health, um, making health-related intentions, and then also the strategy that we've discussed, making long-term plans. When Mercury is exalted and it's direct after the second, this is a fantastic time to think about your long-term goals, long-term ambitions, and how you want to make that happen. So definitely keep that in mind. On October 23rd, Saturn is also going to direct. This is significant, okay? Saturn will direct at 24 degrees of Capricorn. So if you have a planet at 24 degrees of Capricorn or really any cardinal sign, that's going to be Aries, Cancer, Capricorn. Um, who am I forgetting? Libra. If you have any planets at 24 degrees of those four signs, Again, Libra, Aries, Cancer, Capricorn. This may bring up some event in your life that is related to the house that that planet is in. So if you have Venus at 24 degrees of Capricorn, like Adam Levine does, or his is at like 23 degrees or something, then that's significant when it comes to relationship. And if you're interested in that, by the way, I covered it on Instagram. It's on my um, highlight reel if you're as interested as I am. And again, if you have Mercury at 24 degrees of Capricorn, if you have the sun at 24 degrees of Cancer, that's significant for you too because Saturn is going to be directly aspecting your sun if your ascendant is at 24 degrees of Cancer. But then we look at the squares as well. So 24 degrees of Aries, 24 degrees of Libra, it can certainly affect you. See where it's happening in your chart. And once Saturn goes direct, this is going to give us so much security and confidence when it comes to making those long-term goals, when it comes to making commitment, really settling into something, pledging ourselves to something, even when it comes to business deals or contracts or alliances, when it comes to structuring anything, any part of our life in any way, Saturn going direct is going to help with that a lot. So really, um, we're moving into a period of time where I think that making bigger moves and making those commitments, it's going to feel a lot easier for all of us. 
On October 9th, we are going to have the full moon in Pisces in the nakshatra of Ravity. So of course, I do full moon and new moon forecasts for everyone. Um, this full moon I do see as being particularly sweet. Ravity is a very friendly and accommodating nakshatra. I think it's going to bring a pretty friendly, kind gentle energy with it keeping in mind the full moon is always a time of releasing and letting go so for now marking that on the calendar i do want everyone to be mindful between october 10th and october 12th rahu and uranus are currently in aries and the moon will be in aries during those days and so it's just a time to be extra careful there's more opportunity for conflict adversity um, being impulsive, having accidents, having sudden events happen, having unexpected events happen. So just be a little extra careful on those days. Between October 16th and November 13th, Mars is going to be in the sign of Gemini. Mars is going to be a pretty big theme for the next several months. So Mars has been in Taurus. It's going to move into Gemini on the 16th. Mars will go retrograde on October 30th and then retrograde back into Taurus into November. Mars does not retrograde very often and when it does retrograde it stays retrograde for a long time so it's going to be retrograding from November or excuse me October 30th until January 12th. So that's a pretty extended period of time to be in retrograde motion and on top of all of that, Mars is a karma control planet. Remember, wherever Rahu and Ketu are, it's so significant to look at the planets ruling those signs. Mars is a karma control planet and it will retrograde. Mars represents anger, frustration, how we handle anger, how we express anger. It's also any type of defense. So um, police firefighters, people who protect. That's what Mars represents. So on a global scale, Mars could represent the army. It could represent heat. Um, it could, of course, represent aggression and war. In our personal lives, you know, on a smaller scale, how we express our anger, how we relate to one another when we're frustrated, how we channel these things, but it also is, of course, our willpower, our ambition, our courage, our athleticism. So when Mars is retrograding, we'll do a podcast for this specifically, but this is going to bring some things up. This is a, a big event to have on the radar, but again, it's happening at the very end of October, so we'll keep that in mind. We'll follow up about it, but for now, just focusing on Mars and Gemini, October 16th to November 13th. I believe. And so if you have any planets in Gemini, this is definitely a time for you to be extra mindful. It can certainly bring about accidents and injuries, but as I mentioned, it can also bring that drive, that passion, athleticism, ambition. So from October 17th until November 16th, the sun is going to be in Libra. So on October 17th, the sun will transit into the sidereal sign of Libra until November 16th. So this is Libra season. First of all, I just want to say happy birthday if you were born between October 17th or November 16th. 
happy birthday to all of our Libra sons. I personally am very fond of the Libras. So on behalf of all of Astrology Now listeners, we want to thank you for bringing such a beautiful artistic inspiration to our daily lives and being so incredibly easy to get along with and having the courage to think freely and outside of the box and inspire others to do the same. We appreciate you. I seriously think that Libras of any type, moon, sun, Venus, ascendant, they're just so easy (laughs) in my opinion, in my biased perspective, but thank you. Thank you for being here. So the thing about this placement is that the sun is debilitated in Libra right the sun is the ego it's about the self it wants to stand out it wants to shine and libra is all about the other you know libra is the scales of justice it is all about partnership and relating it kind of puts the focus on other things or other people so when the sun comes into libra it is technically debilitated which does tend to put a strain on world leaders, and then also our own ability to connect and to act in a diplomatic way. It could also have an influence on health as well. I'm going to talk about Libra and what this could represent in depth when we talk about the eclipse. So I'll leave it at that for now. From October 18th until November 11th, Venus is going to be in Libra. So Venus loves being in Libra. Libra is its Mula Tricone sign. Libra is all about creativity and expression and diplomacy. Venus is the planet of connection and diplomacy. So of course, it feels amazing when it comes into the sign of Libra. So this is actually isolated. If we were only looking at Venus and Libra, this would be a fantastic placement for relationship. But Venus is going to be super close to the sun at its point of combustion, and it's going to be with K2. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what we can kind of expect from this. So on October 25th, we will have the solar eclipse in Swati Nakshatra, which we'll talk about. October 26th, Mercury will move into Libra. So again, we're really kind of moving into this Libra season. And what I think Libra season is really powerful for is matters of justice coming up and being a point of focus. Libra is the scales of justice. It's about what is fair. And I spoke about this on Instagram. I haven't spoken about it so much here, but Libra is often seen as the sign that's kind of a pushover and a people pleaser, which they certainly can. I mean, I've met Libras who are that way, especially with like friends and family. But when it comes to rules, regulations, and law, They're not so interested in what's legal. They're more interested in what's fair. So they aren't the ones who are necessarily going to abide by societal standards or abide by what is seen as acceptable. You know, they tend to be the ones that kind of push what they see. Like, hey, I actually don't think this is right. I actually don't think this is fair. I don't think that this is free. They're the ones who constantly question and kind of push back. I'm thinking of Gandhi. You know, Gandhi was a Libra ascendant. 
And he was known for being peaceful and he was known for diplomacy, but he was also very much known for pushing back against what was widely accepted. And so this is really that Libran energy. And I do think that this is going to be something that we see. I think it's, you guys know, I mean, I've been saying this for a while. I think it's going to be a trend here for the next couple of years. And so for this period of time, especially around the eclipse, right? Because it's not just Sun and Venus in Libra. It's Sun and Venus in Libra with K2 bringing up issues from the past, bringing up karmic related issues in society and also in our personal lives. It's aspected by Saturn. Saturn's aspect onto Libra is exalted, right? It amplifies that desire to be fair and to be just. So this month, especially towards the end of the month and into November, there's going to be this emphasis on justice, freedom, people coming together to share what they believe is right. And so at a global level, we can expect that. I do think that there will also be a lot around art and entertainment and expression. I do think that there is going to be a lot around women and women's related issues for sure globally that we can keep an eye on. And things may get called into question from the past, you know? Libra is also our connections and affiliations. So I think that globally, it will be interesting to see who is trading with who, what deals are going on, is anything changing, is any type of allyship changing at all or being formed, something to keep an eye on. In our personal lives on a micro level, Libra is the seventh sign. It's all about the seventh house stuff, love, romance, relationship, connection, passion, our close affiliates as well in our lives. And so this eclipse, we're going to feel it a week coming up and a week after, and we're entering eclipse season. We'll have another eclipse in November at the beginning of November. So be watching this energy and what it comes in for you. Again, the solar eclipse is in Libra in the nakshatra of Swati. So if you have planets in Swati, if you have planets in, you know, if you have planets in Aries also, I'll just say in Aries in general, this is going to affect you significantly as well. It's definitely a time to notice what's going on in your life. Of course, it's going to impact the house that this planet is in. Right? So if you have Venus and Swati in the first, it's first house, Venus and Swati in the 10th, 10th house, right? You want to see the house that this is happening in. But for all of us, this is going to certainly affect our relationship. And even if we're single, it could be business partners, people who we're working with, the way that we perceive love and romance can undergo some sort of shift or transformation at this time. The eclipse is, it's a solar eclipse and it's happening with K2, right? Sometimes it's with Rahu. This time it's happening with K2. K2 is things from the past and it also severs things. It creates a disconnect. So this could be a time where maybe relationship things are coming to the surface from the past. It could be that you decide that a relationship isn't right for you anymore. It could also be that a significant relationship comes in. You guys know this personal story. I do not recommend getting into a relationship around the eclipse. I've done it so that you guys don't have to do it. Don't recommend it, but it happens. And K2 is past stuff. So it could be a person from the past. It could be like a past life type of connection. 
So I'm not saying to completely dismiss it. All I'm saying is not to do anything impulsive. Impulsive choices can be made. Drama and love can happen. (laughs) Things can come to the surface that you forgot about. Try to take things slow. Follow your heart. What feels right for you moment to moment. Keep that in mind. We will do a full podcast on the solar eclipse. So I won't go any more into depth because I feel like that this is just going to be something I say again here in a few weeks. So I'll stop there. But overall, this month, there's retrogrades, there's planets going direct, we have the eclipse happening. This is the time to turn inward. In yogic philosophy, we have this concept of the chitta vritti. Chitta vritti is whirlwind of the mind. And in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, I love it because they always, in the text, it always refers to the mind stuff. Things that are happening for us can feel so much bigger in our mind. And if we're prone to anxiety, like I am, I'm definitely prone to anxiety, things feel like they need to happen a lot faster. You know, our scale of time gets kind of warped. We need to make a decision right now. We need something to be fixed right now. We need to make this choice. You know, we need to know. We need to have it prepared. This is a really great month to practice surrendering, letting go, and letting time reveal things to you. You don't need to make a decision right away about something. You know, sometimes we're afraid like, oh, if I don't get into a relationship with this person right now, they're not going to be available anymore. Listen, if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. Same thing with jobs, same thing with decisions we're making in life, you know, having, making choices for our children or whatever it may be that's kind of stressing us out. What happens if we can slow down and let things settle And find a little bit of peace before making a decision and instead focusing on the things that we can kind of control in that moment. Something that I think about a lot, and I'm sure that I've shared it with a lot of you, maybe even on here before, but I like to view anxiety, but also meditation in this way, is that our mind is like a jar that's filled with dirt and sediment, Okay, and so when we're moving throughout our day or if we're having anxiety, it's like we shake that jar and sediment and dirt is moving around. We can't really see super clearly through the water. But when we take time to pause and we hold the jar still, over time, the sediment and the dirt and the gravel, whatever is in there, it starts to fall to the bottom. And then we can actually really begin to observe each little particle each piece of dirt, (laughs) each pebble, and we can see really clearly through the water. And so for me, I really try to keep that in mind if I'm in a tailspin, if I'm having anxiety, or if things are just moving really quickly. And then of course, when I'm taking time to meditate, it's taking that time to let things kind of settle so that we can see clearly and observe what's in our mind clearly. We can't observe anything when it's moving fast and whirling around and we lose track of everything. But when we take our time to slow down, we can kind of see it. So try to think about that this month. That's kind of what comes to my mind when I think about this October. And of course, I also really think about the fact that it is Libra season and relationship is a focal point. Rather it be the relationship with ourself, connection with ourself, how we connect to others, 
you know, what our communication is like, our business relationships. It's all about that, you know, connection. So it is coming up, but let's go ahead and take a look at the questions from listeners. So one of the questions was a personal question, which I actually really love and I think can be helpful is they ask what motivates me and what's the morning mood? And I chose this because of the morning mood part. What motivates me is passion. If I feel passionate about something, I don't have to be motivated at all. Like if I'm excited, like no problem. I'll do it all day, every day until I don't feel passionate anymore. (laughs) Um, But I also really love to share. And so I think that the desire to share and the desire to connect is something that really motivates me as well. The morning mood, when I wake up, I need, literally, this is part of my self-care, I need an hour at least, personal time, where I make my mud water or coffee, I pull oracle cards, I meditate, I set the intention, I'll do my puja, and sometimes I'll draw or do like, or I'll uh, write for a little while. But that's the morning mood. It's my favorite part of the day. And in Vedic thought, at least the way that I was taught um, from Dr. Frawley, he says that the, the mind is most sattvic in the morning. We move through this little period of tamas as we wake up and kind of regain our consciousness and then, or our waking consciousness, I should say. And then we have this like really sattvic clear space. And so it's really important not to interrupt it with uh, our phone or technology. We just try to keep ourselves in that mind space while we do our puja, while we do our meditation, while we do our offering or we pull tarot. You know, we're, we're very close to source. We're closer to that inner guidance when our mind is sattvic and keep in mind that sattva is like balance and harmony and purity and so you know when we're first waking up we're kind of closer to that mentally so using that period for really positive uplifting supportive things trying not to just immediately turn on the tv or turn or turn on the phone I know it's tempting but anyway that is my morning mood Question number two is what do I think, or excuse me, which of the transits do I feel is most responsible for all of this change happening? So I definitely believe it's Rahu in Aries and Ketu in Libra with Saturn at the midpoint, right? So when a planet, especially a significant planet like Saturn is in the midpoint between Rahu and Ketu, it can bring about significant change. And all of these planets are in cardinal signs. Remember the cardinal signs again are Aries, Libra, Cancer, Capricorn, and cardinal signs are known for getting things done and making changes happen. So just the fact that the karmic nodes are sitting here is definitely going to bring about a lot of change. And then with Saturn, which is a massively karmically connected planet is sitting at the midpoint in a cardinal sign it's going to bring about a lot of change so that's personally what i think is responsible for a lot of the change happening not to mention saturn is aspecting jupiter when those two planets have any type of aspect these are social planets so they change things globally question number three i got two questions about saturn Mahadasha, any advice? Another question is any advice for Sati Sati, um, Saturn return and the different interpretations. I'll answer that one on Instagram. So I'm going to talk about Sati Sati and Saturn return on Instagram. I'm going to go ahead and answer this other one about Saturn Mahadasha. 
but I can't find it. I'm like sitting here scrolling through my phone. How to survive Saturn Mahadasha. And then there was another one asking about Saturn Mahadasha. How to take advantage from your perspective and personal experience of Shani Mahadasha. So Saturn Mahadasha, the way that I like to think about it is it's a it's a building block. It's a time of setting foundation and building something, constructing something. Saturn always wants us to apply work and effort so that we can master something. And so Saturn Dasha, it can really make us feel like maybe we're not moving anywhere. We're not making any headway. It can feel like that depending on, you know, I guess I should have premised it with this, but depending on where Saturn is placed in your chart and the dignity of Saturn, that's going to change things monumentally. But Saturn Mahadasha generally, it's a time where we're offered the opportunity to master. And and I mean, Sati Sati, it, it's similar because what Saturn does is it really demands our attention. It demands our awareness. It demands our energy and focus so that we can break through limitations so that we can learn a lot about ourselves in a deep and meaningful way. So if we move through Saturn Dasha and we're kind of drowning things out and we're not paying attention, we're just trying to get by, we're kind of wasting it. But if we're staying very perceptive and we're staying very open and aware to what the universe is trying to teach us and we also apply that commitment and work and effort and discipline towards something that we want to grow, we'll end up with something amazing by the end of Saturn Dasha because Saturn never denies us things. It can just delay things and make us really work for them, but it can give us this long steadfast foundation of whatever it is we're investing in. So try to really keep that in mind. But I do want to say, you know, Dashas are very hard to generalize and someone's Saturn Dasha could be one of the best periods of their life. If they have a Sasha yoga, you know, if Saturn is exalted in the 10th house or if Saturn is in Aquarius in the first I've seen that one get amazing results if you have you know uh, a well-placed Saturn in the d9 chart and the d1 chart Saturn Dasha could be great if you have a debilitated Saturn in the eighth house that might not be as joyous you know like there are going to be circumstances that you want to look at you want to see how Saturn is aspected where it's placed what's going on you know Venus Dasha we hear Venus and we're like oh Venus Mahadasha 20 years of love and romance if you have a debilitated and afflicted Venus it may not be that great of a period and of course just because your Venus is debilitated we would want to see is it canceled you know how's it aspected etc so please don't hear that and get freaked out the dashas are going to be completely different for everyone depending on how it is how that planet is positioned in your birth chart so please try to keep that in mind saturn dasha is not going to be the same for everyone but generally it's going to be how we just discussed so i hope that that's helpful if you would like to learn more i do have a patreon it's patreon.com slash astrology now podcast my instagram where i'm going to be answering more of these questions is astrology now underscore podcast you can book a reading at innerknowing.yoga i'm gonna start packing to finish up the details for my trip I will talk to you all next week. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Bye.